0: Welcome to another episode of The Daily Stoic Podcast. On Thursdays, we do double duty, not just reading our daily meditation, but also reading a passage from the book, The Daily Stoic, 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living, which I wrote with my wonderful co-author and collaborator, Stephen Hanselman. And so today, we'll give you a quick meditation from one of the Stoics, from Epictetus Marcus Aurelius Seneca. Then some analysis for me, and then we send you out into the world to do your best to turn these words into works. everything. That's dell.com slash deals. Helping others helps you. Someone wounds you and so you want to wound them back with a, a harsh remark by cutting them out of the next project, by putting the word out about them. Maybe they hold an abhorrent political view and have done something selfish or mean. So you want to punish them. You want to shame them. You want to draw attention to their awfulness to send a message. But anyone who's actually done this, you feel there's something that feels wrong afterwards. You feel dirty, you feel unpleasant, you feel somehow associated, you feel implicated in like you've been dragged down to their level. The Vietnamese and Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh who who just recently passed away, he cautions us. He says punishing the other person is self-punishment. And that is true in every circumstance. And that's why he was a peace activist. That's why he was a nonviolent civil rights activist. And and he also found something out in pursuit of those causes and in his journey to enlightenment, that helping others is self-help. His life and his legacy bears this out. Thich Han, who died this past Saturday, was exiled from Vietnam after he published an anti-war poem in 1964. So how did he respond? He started an organization that rebuilt war-torn villages, and reunited war-torn families. He toured the world to speak out about the people suffering in his country. He became one of the great stewards of Buddhism, making the principles more accessible and applicable to millions of readers worldwide, including myself. And words of his brave and selfless efforts spread to the likes of Martin Luther King Jr., who would apply what he learned to his own peace movements. And Marcus Aurelius, indeed all the Stoics, believed that we were part of this large inter- connected organism, that you couldn't help another person without helping yourself and you couldn't hurt another person without hurting yourself. We are all bees of the same hive, he said. Have I done something for the common good? Then I share in the benefits, just as the converse is true. And that is why the Stoics believe that a good life hinges on justice, on helping others, on being a good steward of the hive and of the common good. And this was true for Marcus. It was true for Thich Nhat Hanh may he rest in peace. And it will be true for you. If you want to help yourself, you have to help others. Indeed, this is true in every circumstance. Three areas of training. And I'm reading to you today from the Daily Stoic 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living by yours truly, my co-author and translator, Stephen Hanselman. You can get signed copies, by the way, In the Daily Stoic store, over a million copies of the Daily Stoic in print now. It's been just such a lovely experience to watch it. Spend more than 250 weeks, consecutive weeks on the bestseller list. It's just an awesome experience. But hope you check it out. We have a premium leather edition at store.dailystoic.com as well. But let's get on with today's reading. There are three areas in which the person who would be wise and good must be trained, Epictetus tells us. The first has to do with desires and aversions that a person may never miss the mark in desires or fall into what repels them. The second has to do with impulses to act and not to act, and more broadly with duty, that a person may not deliberately act for good reasons and not carelessly. The third has to do with freedom from deception and composure in our whole area of judgment, the ascent of our mind that gives it its perceptions. Of these areas, the chief and most urgent has to do with the passions, for strong emotions arise only when we fail in our desires and aversions. That's Epictetus' Discourses 3.2. So today, let's focus on those three areas of training that Epictetus laid out. First, we must consider what we should desire and what we should be averse to, so that we want what is good and avoid what is bad. It's not just enough to listen to your body because our attractions can often lead us astray. Next, we must examine our impulses to act, that is, our motivations. Are we doing things for the right reasons, or do we act because we haven't stopped to think, or do we believe that we have to do something? And finally, there is our judgment, our ability to see things clearly and properly when we use that great gift we've gotten from nature, our reason. These are three distinct areas of training, but in practice, they are inextricably intertwined. Our judgment affects what we desire. Our desires affect how we act, just as our judgment determines how we act. But we can't just expect that to happen. We must put real thought and energy into each area of our lives. And if we do, we'll find clarity and, hopefully, success. You know, it's funny. People talk a lot about like trusting themselves. They say, "I trust in my gut," or "I trust myself," or "I believe myself." One of the things I've I've come to to and I, I took this from somewhere. I'm borrowing it from someone. The idea is that's that's something you have to earn. That's something that comes with time. That comes from doing the work, developing the training. You don't just magically know what to desire and what to avoid. Uh, you don't just Magically have the right impulses. you don't magically have good judgment. This is something you cultivate. right? Like even me as, as a writer, um, my sense of what is good on the page is not some gift from the muses. It comes from a couple of things. It comes from having read very widely. It comes from having interacted with the audience and editors over time. So I've gotten lots of feedback. And then it also comes from having written a lot. I've spent a lot of time with the pages, with writing. So what I would have thought was good or what I was capable of on my first book is not where I am with my 10th book or my 11th book or whatever number I'm on now. So it's the idea, you have to see this as a thing you are training at. It's a skill. It's something you cultivate. Aristotle says this about virtue, you know, virtue is something you do. It's not something you have. You become a builder by building, become a craftsman by practicing the craft. You become good at judgment, controlling the passions, knowing what is right and not right, what you should have and what you should avoid. By being out there in the battlefield of life, by, by testing yourself, by challenging yourself, by reflecting, by thinking, by reading, by doing stuff like listening to this podcast right now by sitting down with a journal, having conversations with wise people, having a mentor, reflecting on your day. All of that is training, right? Stoicism isn't this philosophy you you magically pick up, or, or that's not the right word. It's not a philosophy that you magically just understand by reading, it. it's something you practice, you study, you work at over the course of a lifetime, the way that you would learn a dance or learn a martial art or learn any craft. So I'd like to think I'm getting better at it as I go. If I was looking at myself objectively from the outside, progress is probably slower than I would like. Probably does not begin to come close to the standards that I set with even my own writing. But then, even then, When I see my own progress as a writer, I know that progress in these other domains is possible. And I know it's possible for you. And so that's today's message. I hope that lands with you and I'll talk to you soon. Prime members, you can listen to The Daily Stoic early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. From Wondery, this is Black History For Real. I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Conscious Lee. What do most people think about when they hear the words Black History? Rosa Parks, Reconstruction, MLK, February Black History Month. Exactly, exactly. There are so many stories of Black History that we just are not really talking about or thinking about, especially outside of February. And we are about to flip the script on all of that. Because on this show, you're going to hear a little less... their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segee, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.